Welcome to Connecting the Community podcast. I am your host, Marge Andre. I will be connecting you to people, organizations, and events that create community. I am creating this podcast in Richmond Hill, an eclectic and very culturally diverse community with lots of trees and streams and interesting people just up the hill from Toronto. On this podcast, I am welcoming Quinn McGowan, the new charity social media consultant at Bingo World and Gaming. Welcome, Quinn. Hi, thanks for having me. Excited to be on. Very good. We'll get started. I'd like you to tell me a little bit about yourself and what you do at Bingo World. Uh, and, and I know you are new at this. Yeah, for sure. So I actually just started um, just about a month ago now. Uh, in about four or five days, it'll be a month in. Um, but I come from a communications background. So I got my uh, undergraduate at university for communication studies. Um, and I actually came on board at uh, Bingo World through my old boss. He's actually the owner of Bingo World. So we worked together in the retail space originally. And uh, he had approached me for this opportunity. And I think it's a, <clears throat> excuse me, I think it's a great one. And it kind of aligns with um with what I'm passionate about. So I came on as, like you mentioned, as a charity and a social media consultant. So I'll be running all the uh, social media channels um, with uh, regards to Bingo World, and that's both in the Richmond Hill and Newmarket locations. Um, and then essentially what I wanna do with those channels is we wanna share charity stories, for example, uh, we wanna post winners, we wanna have exclusive promotions, so things of that nature. And the big focus, and I think like one of the primary reasons, if not the primary reason why I was brought on is specifically, we're trying to take things in a little bit of a new direction with Bingo World, and that's to kind of grow our involvement with the charities. Um, so there's a big focus on kind of growing, uh, first and foremost, growing awareness of these charities and the work that Bingo World does with them. And one of the biggest ways to do that is through events and just sharing stories online. So it all starts with like an online presence, I think. And that's kind of one of the reasons I was uh, brought on board. Very interesting. And I have looked at your list of charities and uh, quite impressive. And many of them are my friends. So I'm very happy that you are, are doing this. Okay. So can you tell me a little bit more about the history of Bingo World? Like how long has it been um, around for? Yeah, for sure. Um, so like I said, I'm, I'm pretty new at this, but I got to some of the information there. So it's been in existence for a little over 20 years, actually. Um, so at its inception, it was originally called Delta Bingo. Um, and then about 15 years ago, they got the new owners, which are the same owners that we have um, now. And they changed it to Bingo World, what we know today. Uh, so originally, the first location was actually in Aurora. So kind of right in between uh, Newmarket and Richmond Hill. Um, and they closed that one down and opened the new market location. And then soon thereafter, uh, Richmond Hill came just after that. Uh, both of the two are still in existence um, today. But yeah, pretty, pretty amazing. That's been over 20 years now at this point. Yeah, I would not have guessed that long. <clears throat> I've driven by your facility in Newkirk, just South Valley Mills in Richmond Hill. It looks big. And uh, yeah, so can you describe the facility like I have not yet, you have not yet invited me to come up and see the facility. So how big is it? Well, first and foremost, you're more than welcome to come by at any time. So that's an open invitation on that front. Um, but the two locations are actually quite large. I know we're focusing mostly on the Richmond Hill, but it's about 26,000 square feet. 
Hmm. Um, which you can imagine, I'm sure, is, is quite large. Uh, and it can house about 350 bingo players, like, comfortably. Um, because the way that it's set up, essentially, is, like, there's a large, like, seating area, but there's what's called gecko machines. And these are just, like, electronic bingo machines, essentially. So you have the option to play, um, like, with your cards or with the electronic machine or both, for that matter, because sometimes it's, it's kind of hard to keep track if you have a bunch of cards for an individual game. So the machine will kind of do it for you. Um, but each player has access to that. So that's why we say about 350, because that's how many of uh, those machines that we have. And that's how many we can see comfortably. Uh, New Market is a little bit smaller. It's about 15,000 square feet. And it can host about 300 bingo players at a time. Um, each location also has like a full kitchen as well. So uh, the way that they're set up is a little bit differently. But the, in terms of what they offer, it's essentially uh, the same. So there's with a the kitchen, there's a snack bar. You can get coffee, hot dogs, those sort of things. Well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Those type okay. of things. Yeah. Okay. So you don't need to go hungry while you're playing bingo. Exactly. Okay. Uh, and I looked on your website and there is a schedule. So there are lots of opportunities to play each day, correct? And how many people, like, would you have a full house certain days, like in the middle of the afternoon? How many people would be there? Yeah, um, it honestly depends on the day and the time of year. And there's there's various, um, I guess, things that come into consideration with how many players are there. But um, like on the weekdays, I guess with any typical business, you see a little bit less traffic. Um, so we we offer less sessions on the weekdays and more on the, the weekends, um, Friday included as actually. Uh, we see anywhere from, you know, 50 to... 200 players at a session typically like during the days you're hovering around that 70 mark and then towards the evenings you're getting closer to the 100 plus um but it it, it can honestly vary quite a bit mm. uh and then yeah each session is about two and a half hours uh in length as well there's intermissions and there's little breaks as well between that but uh yeah you can kind of see a, a wide variety of um of sessions okay i've admitted i've not been there before so is it like just a individuals coming a group of people uh organizations how does that work yeah for the most part um it's just individuals within the community that are coming to play um there's a few people that come more often than others you start to see some familiar faces of course uh but for the most part yeah it's just individuals we have had in the past uh from my understanding there's been like retirement homes for example that have had small excursions where some residents have the ability to come out and play um, so groups of that nature. And then, you know, there's groups of friends and stuff that come out, but nothing necessarily official. For the most part, it's just uh, individuals that are playing. Okay. Are there more females than males or is it split half and half? Um, that's a good question. From my experience, I would probably lean towards saying there's a little bit more females than males. Um, like I've only been there for a month or so, like I've said, but if I had to pick one or the other, I'd say it's probably leaning a little bit more, maybe, I don't know, 60, 40, if I had to put a number to it. Okay. I'll, yeah. I'll ask you to do a, a tally in a survey and you can report back to me. All right. Sounds okay. good. Okay. So Bingo World is overseen by OLG, Ontario Lottery and Gaming Association. How does that really work? And you know, how are the winnings allotted? So that's a good question. So for the actual bingo itself, that part is not monitored by OLG. Um, so the winnings for that is a set prize board actually. So for our bingo games, they're completely random in play in terms of the payout. So what that means is there's already gonna be a certain amount of cash that's allocated for each game or each session for that matter, and then each game within it. Uh, so 
what can increase or decrease is just your odds of winning. So for example, if there's only 50 players playing or there's 250 players playing, like the pot itself, the, the prize payout is the same, but the more players there are, the less likely you are to win. And not only that, the more players there are, the less likely you are to win like on your own. So for example, if there's a pot of $100 for one of the games, let's just say, um, if there's 50 players, you have a better chance of winning that 100 on your own. If there's more players, you have less of a chance, but also you might split that pot between two, three, or several players for that matter. Right. So the $100 could go to $50 between two players or you know, 25 between four players, for example. Okay. Uh, I think it would be a good place to do math lessons on fractions and dividing things. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, yeah. Okay. So, but again, how does the OLG work, with, work and what is their real involvement? Um, so the OLG is more uh, with like our electronic machines um, and the official word for those is like the Taptics machines. Uh, just to get like an idea, they're very similar in feel to what you would find like in a casino hall, for example. They're not considered slot machines, but like I mentioned, they're, they're relatively similar and would have kind of that same uh, feel. So that is regulated by OLG on that front. Um, in terms of how the regulations work, that's not really like within my scope necessarily. Okay. So I'm not positive, but I know that that's where the regulation is not in the actual bingo itself. Though. No, okay. That I didn't realize that bingo is was not covered by OLG. Okay, interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so you've talked about the, these, I call them gaming machines. You, they're actually called, say it again. They're called Taptics machines, which is T-A-P-T-I-X. Okay, new word for me. So thank yeah. you. Okay. Uh, and do the proceeds for those machines, are they divided up or does that stay with the establishment? Yeah, as far as I know, um, a portion of all of the revenue, regardless, goes is distributed to the charities. Um, so that included as well. Yeah. Okay. So just curious. And like, how many machines are there? Like, I'm trying to, again, trying to imagine it. Um, it depends on each hall. I believe there's about 100 or so in Richmond mm -hmm. Hill. And a little bit less, I want to say, in Newmarket, but I'm not positive. Maybe around 80 or so if I had to put a number, but I'm, I'm not positive on that okay. one in Newmarket. Okay. 100 still seems like a lot of machines. So good. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. So let's start talking about the charities that uh, Bingo World supports. I didn't add them all up, but I'm going to estimate 30, there are about 30 logos there. I think it said that you it has supported up to 100. So I'm assuming some are no longer involved, but can you, you, can you talk about how the, that partnership works? Like there was autism society, Knights of Columbus, swim clubs, and we'll get on to the food bank, but how does it work with the charity being involved? Yeah. So actually we have about 50 charities currently at each bingo hall. So a total of, like you said, around a hundred, um, and the way that it works essentially is there's a few different ways. So there's contributions, like a percentage of our of our revenue is donated to the charities. Um, and that's different for each charity. Uh, but the way that it works essentially is if, you know, if Bingo World is more successful and they're able to make more money, then that's going to mean that there's more that's going to be allocated to the charities as well. Uh, so that amount is distributed like on a monthly basis. And they're able to use those funds for a variety of, um, of different reasons for whatever they might need. But on top of that, and what we're sort of trying to encourage a little bit more now is charities can also like reach out to us for sponsorship for events, for example, or to partner up with a variety of different charity events, um, like one I'm sure we'll discuss further down the line with regards to the food banks. Um, but we're trying to kind of 
you know, use our infrastructure to help these charity organizations a little bit more, because I think over the past little while, there's sort of been a bit of a disconnect. And that's kind of where I've come in to kind of be the point of contact between Bingo World and these charities, uh, which I've just started to do, obviously, in the last month or so, making introductions and, and learning about these charities and what they do and what they can provide um, for people in need. So it's honestly pretty amazing to see firsthand because, I, I mean, I come from Aurora, but I'm somewhat in the area as well. And I didn't even know the existence of half of these charities. And, you know, I don't want to say that's ignorance. That might just be a lack of awareness, for example, but it's cool to see it firsthand and to be part of it. And it's nice to feel like I'm, I'm making a difference in something that feels important to me in, in the community. So, um, yeah, like I said, we're trying to grow these stories through our, <clears throat> excuse me, through our social media channels as well. Um, so we're encouraging um, our, uh, our charities to reach out to us with regards to events and, and sponsorships and things of that nature. Very good. Now, I've heard, as I've said, some of the, my friends are with these charities. They actually have this, some of their volunteers come and uh, work, volunteer with you. How does that work? Yeah, for sure. So that's actually, um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, that's actually a big component as well, or something that we try, um, not that we try to do, but something that's enforced is that we require that all the charities provide two, um, two volunteers or members to participate in each one of our sessions. And they're there for the entire three hours or two and a half hours to three hours of the session. And importantly, what this can do is it allows like members, or excuse me, it allows customers within the building to have conversations with these charity members which is great to have because, you know, if they're not in the hall, it, you might see the sign at the front of the door, for example, that we support all these charities. But I think you and I both know that you can gain a lot more from having conversations with people than you would just reading a sign when you're walking into the building. So we want to, you know, it's great to have these conversations inside the hall, but now our focus is to grow these conversations beyond just having them inside the hall. So they provide support for the bingo games. That's what the volunteers from each hall do. They support us in any way that they can. When there's a winner called out, they can help point us out, help clean up and stuff like that as well. But more importantly, or just as importantly, they're they're there to have conversations and kind of grow awareness for their charity organizations too. Okay. Wow. Very good. Okay. Um, so you're having this special event with the food bank. Uh, I know the the food bank is actually located just down the street from you. Yeah. I also know that I've tried to I have dropped off things and it's not always easy, both in terms of limited hours and parking, particularly if you have a vehicle full of things that you want to donate. So right. you, um, that's one thing. That's great if you could drop them off, like just drive another couple blocks and mm -hmm. conveniently drop them off. But uh, I think it's what you're doing is more than just providing a easier access to drop off for items for food bank. Yeah, for sure. So, um, we're calling it the Bingo World Holiday Food Drive. And like you mentioned, we're partnering with like the Richmond Hill Community Food Bank for this initiative. Um, and we're doing the same thing in Newmarket as well with the Newmarket Food Pantry. So um, accessible on both uh, on both sides there. Um, but it's going to be running between December 1st and December 22nd. Um, so three weeks, essentially, where you're able to drop off food um, at our location. And on top of that, we wanted to give, you know, more people maybe incentive, for lack of a better word, to drop off food. And we're doing a prize, uh, a raffle prize for that as well. So what we're doing is we're asking other charity organizations to donate prizes for this cause. Um, when you come to drop off food, you automatically get entered into the raffle. 
and you can gain more raffle tickets if you um, want to take a picture for social media. Um, then you can get another raffle ticket that way as well. Um, and uh, and I think what this is going to do is it's going to grow awareness online. Um, and the other way that you can gain a raffle ticket is we're doing what's called like a word of the day on our social media channels. So whether that word is, I don't know, chandelier, uh, you come in, you tell our person chandelier, great, you get another raffle ticket. So it's gonna gain people access to our social media channels, which will then grow our stories and people will be able to see more about this, um, this food drive that we're running. Um, and yeah, what we're trying to do is like, I've now seen firsthand that like people are very much in need of help right now. And, you know, now more than ever with the rising prices you're seeing in the grocery stores, like it's, it's kind of crazy that how elevated those prices have gone. And then going into the winter months, obviously it's going to be difficult and you might not see it every day that people are in need, but there are definitely people in our community and our surrounding areas that do need our help and support. So um, honestly, I'm super passionate about it and I'm excited to be part of this, uh, this initiative and it's been great working with both the Richmond Hill and New Market Food Banks too. They've been very helpful in, in organizing the entire event. Very good. Uh, so you can, food can be dropped off, not just mm -hmm. if you, at, at any time you're open, like you're not necessarily, you don't necessarily need to be going in to play bingo. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. So anybody can drop off food and we're encouraging anyone, you know, any donation helps if we can get one can or we can get 10 cans. Great. Like any donation is super helpful and <clears throat> you don't need to play bingo at all. You can drop it off within our hours of operation, which like you said, might be a bit of a challenge at the food bank. But for us, we're open basically from 10 a.m. to 2 a.m. every single day. So there's, you know, there's basically a time for anyone. I know we have mm -hmm. busy schedules um, to be able to drop off something and um, likewise, like the raffle as well, like you'll automatically be entered, you'll enter your email and you don't have to come back for any of that. Like it'll all be posted on our social media channels and we'll reach out to the winners as well. So we're not necessarily, you know, forcing anyone to play bingo or to come in to, to play, to have to donate. We're looking for donations, both from customers and just people in the community as well. Right. Okay. No, that is great. Uh, are you, uh, letting people know what type of food items the food bank knows are you is that going to happen yeah so i've been in contact um pretty often with the food banks right now we're just looking for non-perishable items um i was unaware of this but they actually have like basically a weekly list of what is most needed uh mm -hmm. so we'll be posting that like through our okay. social media channels and and before our bingo games of items you know sometimes people aren't sure what's most needed mm -hmm. or what they should bring so yes. Every week we'll try to post what is most needed, but any non-perishable food item is always appreciated. Um, any amount of food is great. So it's going to depend on what they need at that time though. Yeah, it, it is. I, I have been in touch with people who uh, are volunteer for the food bank and they have let me know that the need is great. Uh, we've had refugee families here, particularly from Ukraine. They are needing the food bank. And as you said, it's uh, with the high cost of with inflation, the high cost of everything. There definitely are a lot of people that uh, need uh, need need help. So I th I'm very very glad that you um, this is being done and uh, bringing more awareness because definitely it is so needed. I also um, will ask you to find out if there's also a need for. Um, uh, personal hygiene products, anywhere from, you know, shampoo and soap, deodorant, 
uh, they often say if you, you know, if you don't have money for food, you're not buying deodorant, which is, you know, that's reality. So if you could find that out as well and let me, yeah. let me know. Um, I think it's important just to be humane. It's also over the holiday season. And I think it's, uh, I know that uh, there's often been very welcome if you, you know, drop off a box of chocolates or something, uh, some candies for the kids just to make them feel a little more special, a little more like it's the holidays. So as well as yeah. the good nutritious can of tuna, have some fun here with it as well. So, uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, anything else that you wanted to say, uh, Quinn? Um, no, I think that's pretty much everything on, uh, on my end. I've never done a podcast before, so this has been uh, pretty exciting, a little nervous at the beginning, but I think I settled it a little bit here. You, so it's yes. been, been fun so far. You did. You did absolutely fine. This is, I think it's been a very good conversation. We will end with this question that I ask everyone who comes on the podcast. Name one thing you really like about this community. Yeah, this is a question I would say, I don't know if I would say struggled with, but um, if you had asked me a month ago, I'm sure my answer would have been a little bit different. But honestly, it's kind of hard to ignore uh, what I've kind of been able to see firsthand over the last month working with Bingo World and working closely with kind of the Richmond Hill uh, charity organizations with that regards to the community. So I don't know if it's a direct answer to the question, but I think I've gained a huge amount of appreciation for the amount of work that not only like employees of these charities are putting in, but maybe just as importantly, but volunteers are like everyone has busy schedules and it's, it's obviously hard to put time in, but there are people who genuinely care about helping those in need and being able to see that firsthand, like I said, is, is kind of amazing. So like the appreciation I've gotten speaking to some of these volunteers that have come into our bingo hall is like, it's kind of night and day and really opened my eyes, I would say. Um, I've kind of bounced around between um, various jobs uh, mm -hmm. over the years and, you know, kind of landing on this one where something I feel like hits a little closer to home and feels like I'm actually making an impact is kind of amazing because I've never really done too much work, I would say, like within the community. So I know it doesn't directly answer the question, but it's kind of just gaining an appreciation for everything these charities are doing and all the people that, that work inside these charities. It's, it's really amazing to see. Very good. And it's it's great to hear it from a, a younger person from your perspective for this. So yeah, uh, a lot of people answer the question, just say, there's so many great people doing great things, which is basically what you have said. So glad yeah. you have echoed that. So yep. So in the podcast notes, uh, we will put more information about what Bingo World and this food drive is all about. But I certainly encourage everyone to drop off whatever they can and uh, if you are uncertain, we will have a list of what really is appreciated, what, what, is, what people really need these days. So thank you again, Quinn, and uh, we will be in touch. Great. Thanks so much for having me. It was, uh, it was an awesome experience. Thank you for listening. I would very much appreciate you sharing this podcast. Please tune in next week as we continue to explore the community. Consider emailing me at marj, M-A-R-J, at marjandre.com. I welcome suggestions for podcast guests. Stay well, stay connected. <laughs>